We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's time now for Bitsy and Lions on WEEI. I mean, yeah, I'm human, right? Uh, it's a it's a process. I was first team All NBA last two years. I averaged thirty. Like the human side, like yeah, you want to continue to average more every year. You see other guys putting up thirty plus a night. You know you can do that. Uh, but part of growing is understanding what we have and this window, trying to maximize that and, um, you know, uplift the guys around me. And, you know, I think just took some time for me to understand, like, you know, I know I can score 30 a night. I know I, I did that. Uh, but, you know, that's not necessarily what this team needs on a nightly basis. Uh, so, you know, taking that step back in a sense, for us to be better. Um, you know, I've done everything but win a championship. Welcome into the program. I'm John Lyons, joined by the one, the only, Nick Fitzy Stevens. Fitzy, it's a pleasure. First time we're in studio together. We have met before, but first time we're actually in studio together. Great to see you. John, we have had the pleasure of sharing company in two of my favorite places. Only once IRL in real life for everybody that isn't uh, up to date with all the kiddos' acronyms. That would be at a uh, comedy show at a brewery, which is also where I like to ply my time as well. Great time. Last year, raising some money for Boston Children's. We've done many radio shows, never together, and finally on this crisp, beautiful, quintessentially New England winter's Sunday morning. We are here for two straight hours to talk some Boston Celtics, talk some Dynasty docu-series, all things Patriots, and of course, where would we be without an opportunity on the flagship station of your Boston Red Sox without a chance to crap on Fenway's finest? Yes, and we are going to talk to Jen McCaffrey of The Athletic at 1220 about those Red Sox. She has been down in Fort Myers. We're going to get her thoughts on where the Red Sox are at. Also, you know, Rafael Devers' comments I thought were really significant earlier this week about you know you, you know what we need we all know what we need so I, i'm really excited to get her thoughts on that and of course talk dynasty with you we are both patriots sickos in the nicest possible way of course we are but i want to start here fitzy the boston celtics which believe it or not best team in town by Who? far the boston Celtics. we haven't said that in a few years by far the best team in town right now, the Boston Celtics. And I they, thought we were supposed to start the show by complaining about the Patriots possibly trading back in the draft two months from now as opposed to paying attention to the best team in the NBA, the best team in Boston, and the best chance this city has 
of seeing a duck boat parade again and ending our interminable championship drought. Yeah, probably the best chance the city's going to have in the next, like, three or four years, too, on top of it. But, look, with the Boston Celtics, the real contenders, Fitzy, as you know, their season starts after the All-Star break. You know, the before the All-Star break, it's fun, it's cool, and the Celtics played really well going into the All-Star break. They were the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. They were the best team in the NBA. They won eight in a row? Yeah, and they've okay. come out of it. They've won two in a row out of the All-Star break, including last night they beat the Knicks 116-102. We're the key, the third quarter where they pulled away. And how many times, Fitzy, I feel like over the past couple years and even into early this season have we said, hey, we got to watch out for that third quarter. The third quarter is an issue. we got to watch out. Like that Golden State loss in December stands out. You know, lead in the fourth quarter, but they hadn't played as well in the third. Then they blow it in the fourth quarter. In the third quarter of their last two games, they're plus 25, including Woo! a great third quarter last night. So this is a Celtics team. They've come out of the All-Star break playing really well. And we played the clip from Tatum to start the show. And, and you and I kind of talked about this yesterday when we were going over, hey, what do we want to do on the show tomorrow? Tatum, to me, is playing like an MVP. I don't think he'll necessarily win it, though, because of what's around him and how good the Celtics are as a whole. But you had the question of, can they win a championship if Jason Tatum is also winning the MVP, which I think is an interesting question to start off with. I do, and I I thought for a while, John, I was going to be completely out of the making predictions about Jason Tatum or saying that I think Jason Tatum has finally grown up, gotten over that hump, or hit a maturation point that is going to allow him to take his game to another level and be the leader that the Boston Celtics so desperately need to be able to get over teams that have been traditionally mentally stronger than them, tougher than them, like the Miami Heat. Now I feel like, I know Andy Hart made a point of saying this a few weeks ago, that his favorite thing that he's heard a Celtics player say in the last couple of years, and I agree and I agree with him, and I was fired up when I heard Tatum say this, that when he was asked before the All-Star break on All-Star Saturday, just before Jalen Brown put on a glittery glove to make a dunk in tribute to Michael Jackson and not to troll himself because he can't do squat with his left hand, Jason Tatum said that he's not really sure who the new face of the league is going to be after LeBron James, who has dominated the NBA for now, Two decades. years, yeah. And deservedly so. I, w- I am a graduate cum laude of the, unless somebody else for years could have presented themselves as a more likely MVP, that you should have just always given it to LeBron because he's that generationally great. And I know that's not a popular take around town. But when Tatum said, but if we win a championship, I'm going to have something to say about that. Like, that's the sign of someone that understands he needs to take more on those now more developed muscular shoulders. That's leadership right there. That's saying... Get in line behind me, and we'll do it. And what he's doing to sort of slightly cross sports here is he's taking a sort of Patriot way, Belichickian, whatever's best for the basketball team approach. Can he go out there and put up 40 every night? Absolutely. Easily. Uh, can he Can he go for a triple-double every other night? 100%. But he's doing what the team needs him to do and setting everyone up when they're healthy for success. I don't know how you look at this team at 45 and 12 and not say they're teetering on becoming a wagon and they are at full capacity right yeah, now. Yeah, and I think last night was a great example. And Doris Burke talked about this on the broadcast that Tatum well, she's sweaty talking about Tatum. <laughs> she, Jay, give me the vapors, Jason. Tatum will sometimes settle into a game, whereas Jalen Brown will come out. He's one of the best first quarter players in the NBA. He'll come right. out strong, and Tatum will settle in. Like Tatum finished with 19, 6, and 6 last night, which is good. Could Tatum have scored 30? Could he have scored 35? Probably, but. Jalen Brown came out, was playing really well, scored 30. Kristaps Porzingis had 22 last night. Like Tatum, right, he's ninth in the NBA in scoring, but his defensive rating is also 109.9, which is great. So it's like this is a player that is truly playing at a high level on both ends of the floor. But when you look at the Celtics roster, right, they're first in offensive rating, third in defensive rating, Mm -hmm. first in net rating. They're the only team in the NBA top three in all three of those categories. And I think a big part of it is you have guys like Tatum, and I would add Porzingis to this, willing to sacrifice a little bit. Maybe not put up the numbers that Tatum would have last year or the year before. Porzingis is not the first option. On many nights, he's not the second option, even though some nights he is. That willingness to sacrifice, and we've seen it, I think, from Jalen Brown, too. Like Jalen Brown, to me, some of the raw numbers are not as high as they were last year. Like his scoring, I think last year he had 27 points a game. Now he's at 22. But he feels much more efficient because he's willing to sacrifice. And I think when you look at 
What can the Celtics do to get over that hump? You mentioned the tough teams, the Miami, the Golden State monkey on their back, which has been there for a couple. Well, being willing to sacrifice and spread things out. Like now Derek White has a huge impact on this team, whereas last year because of Brogdon and Smart, he didn't play much at all. I mean, we all remember that Tippin he had in Game 6 against the Heat to win it. If Malcolm Brogdon hadn't been injured, White wouldn't have even been on the floor for that. So this willingness to sacrifice, I think, as Tatum, it's permeated down from Tatum, I think, to everyone else. And it's, to me, one of the biggest reasons they're the best team in the NBA. So, you know, bad influence, you, you know, you meet a kid or somebody, anyone in this life, and, like, they have a really bad attitude, you have to think, or, like, you just don't wait to compose themselves. You think, it's got to come from the top. It's got to start someplace. Maybe a, a coach, a teacher, likely a parent as well. And then when you see a team start to develop with all the talent they have, the many different weapons, assets, um, and basically just abilities that this team has, being unselfish, distributing the ball better, playing better defense, which, of course, was a hallmark of the team. And one of the things that I thought, and I think a lot of other Celtics fans believed, two years ago was going to get them over the hump yep. in the series they ultimately lost to the Warriors. They were so unselfish, and they bought into Ime's plan, and they were just tenacious defensively. People were talking about this may be one of the best defensive teams in the history of the NBA. But then when times got tough, Instead of having somebody like Tatum now who's two years more mature, two years further into his talents, career and game, instead of having somebody be that somebody who could be the, uh, the, the, the mental core, the inspirational core of the team, they reverted back to hero ball. They fell onto their own talents. Yep. They didn't play like a team. They played like five guys on the court, and they lost. Yep. Now the unselfishness of this team, given uh, also if you work that in, in accordance with just how great – like. Again, you can see why they wanted Porzingis so badly, why this was always the Brad Stevens dream, to get this dude who is an absolute freak. He's, he's yeah. in the best way you could possibly use the phrase. In the nicest absolute, possible in the way. Nicest, sir, yeah. sir, I mean this in the nicest way possible. You are an absolute freak. This guy can do anything. And when they're healthy, I just don't see another team being able to present the full comportment of talents, abilities, defensive prowess, offensive abilities, and now leadership that the Celtics are putting Yeah, forward. and I'm glad you brought up Porzingis because this is a team that they move on from Marcus Smart, Malcolm Brogdon, Robert Williams, Grant Williams. These are you know, four big pieces of a team that went to Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals that very well could have won if Tatum doesn't roll his ankle. Huge pieces. Mm-hmm. You bring in Porzingis, and Drew Holiday deserves mention too. He's been great. But Porzingis is a guy, like how many times over the last three or four years, Fitzy, in a key game, especially in a playoff game, have they had a lead with five minutes to go and not one? I mean, it feels at time after time after time. That twenty twenty two playoff run, every series it felt like they outside of the Brooklyn series, they had a game like that. Right. Now they're winning a lot of those games. And I think part of it is what you and I just talked about with the leadership. There's a more calmness in those crunch situations than maybe we saw. But also just the Porzingis factor. Like this is a guy last year, he led the NBA in points per post up attempt and shot 38.5% from three. This year, what's he doing? 36.9% from three, but he's got the best shooting percentage from the post. I mean, ABC had a stat last night that his average three-point depth, I think, is 27 feet, which is the fourth longest depth in the NBA. Like, this is a guy that... You know, you can come he closer can, to the line. Yeah, he, but he can kill... I think that allows them to do so much more in crunch time offensively. Because in years past, look, I love everything Marcus Smart did here, and I appreciate it. Was that a guy teams were scared of in crunch time, of hitting big shots? No, and I know sometimes he did, but now you have a guy in Porzingis. Teams are scared of you. Have a guy in Drew Holiday that's won an NBA championship. Mm-hmm. That's a much different closing lineup than Robert Williams, who I love. I wish they could find a way to get him back, but you know he's a lob threat, and that's about it offensively. And Smart, who is wildly inconsistent offensively, especially earlier in his career, but inconsistent it was. Now they have so many more options, which I think is going to pay dividends in. April, May, and June. Eventually. Time Lord's a great two-way defender. It sucks that he was always the flex time lord or the missed yeah. time lord because of the knee issue, and you wish he, he could be healthy. But obviously it's tough when you're a big man like that. I mean, Porzingis right now, so he's averaging 20 points a game, yep. shooting uh, shooting 53%, which is amazing, 37% from three, uh, like you said, three, seven rebounds, two assists, half a steal, two blocks a game yeah. from a big guy that you have there for his offensive flexibility more than his defensive ability, but he's a tremendous rim protector as well. And that size just throws people off. And remember last year when Missoula was questioned about how come Derek White wasn't in to close out this game? Why didn't you sub out uh, Marcus Smart and bring in Derek White? And you go, oh, yeah. He would even say with a, a note of humility, like, yeah, I probably should do that. I kind of, Well, I kind of just forgot. Yeah. Like, he even he's not doing that. And, like, their hand is forced in the best way possible, putting Derek White on the floor 
in favor of Marcus Smart, who sadly had a and, and we've talked about this big three of Tatum Brown and Porzingis. Yep. Derek Derek White has Love a better him. offensive and defensive rating than all three of those guys. Like that's how well he's playing. He does everything it, right, exactly. Like I think the question you need to is there anything Derek? Now I'm not telling you he's a star. I think he should have been an all star. I'm not telling you he's an elite supermax guy. Same, but. Is there anything Derek White does that you're like, oh man, he sucks at that. He's not good at that. He doesn't do that well. No, every he does everything well. Who's the third best shot blocker in the Celtics? It's probably Porzingis. Derek. It's Porzingis, Jason Tatum, and Derek White. Uh, you probably could even put White at number two, considering his size and that he plays you know against guards so much. I mean, his shot blocking is phenomenal. But yeah, top three shot blocker on mm-hmm. the team. Good ball movement. Good ball hand and good shooter too. Like he's shooting forty percent from three. Mm-hmm. It's just extremely. And now we're talking about a guy that's their fourth option. Yep. Off it. Like, that is extremely valuable. To and to go full circle um, in the segment as you began, talking about the unselfishness that this team is displaying and the maturity that it continue we continue to see with Porzingis and Drew Holiday stepping in in favor of Marcus Smart and the Grant Williamses of the world, who we've learned some of the guys on this team weren't necessarily the biggest fans of. It's too yeah. bad, but we did appreciate you, Bat Grant. Uh I I think I think they're growing in the best way possible right now. Um, that that maturity is going to be tested. Uh, they're going to need it the rest of the way because right now they're clearly the best team. They they still have twenty five games to go, but to be able to start winning third quarters, which they have been famously losing, to to overcome all of these issues, like they come back, they have like what seven or eight primetime games of the next yeah. ten games Saturday night. 8.30 game on ESPN slash ABC against the Knicks when the Knicks have been pretty hot and are, and that's a tough place where they hate you. That's a pretty impressive win last night. And um, I would love someone to try to tell us why they think the Celtics can't win the championship now because otherwise my confidence uh, doesn't feel like it's going to get shaken anytime soon. Yeah, to me, the only thing that holds them back is health unless they just turtle sometime in June. But I don't think that's going to – one last no Fitzy, because I know we have to go to break here. One thing the Celtics have had issues with the last few years, playing down to opponents – their record against teams below 500 this year, 22-1. and one. So they're not doing that anymore, which is nice to see. But it's time to trend here on W. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. UEI. You're listening to Fitzy and Lions on WEEI. I go up to Coach Belichick. He says, we're going. And he says, just take care of the ball. And Drew was kind of standing next to me, and he kind of just shuffled in front of that, and he says, f*** that. I remember, you know, somebody saying to Tom, like, hey, be careful. Like, no, we're big underdogs in this game. Nobody expected you to be here. Nobody expected us to be here. You know, f*** 
Command, go. Brady's in the shotgun. I don't agree with what the Patriots are doing right here. Backed up inside their own 20. No timeouts left. I would play for overtime. And everyone was like, oh, sh**. You know, we're going to throw it. My confidence was up and down that year. And I really didn't know what I was capable of. But to know that I had the confidence and trust in my teammates, for me, it was like, let's go out there and sling it. Go out there and sling it. That's usually what we do when we come on. That's right. WEI, right? We have Fish our pregame pep yeah. talk, and we butt heads in the hallway, and I tell you, just go out there and sling yeah. it, John. That's what I said to Nico on, on the production board. I said, just go out there and sling it, Nico. Great to have you here, Nico, by the way, producing the show. Uh, Fitzy, the dynasty. All right, so you and I, as we mentioned off the top of the program, both Patriots, diehard fans, sickos, you know, we eat this Honks, stuff up. super fans, wonks, yeah. whatever. However anyone wants to portray yeah. it, I live, eat, breathe, sleep, Patriots like I do. You know, Kurt Russell movies, Star Wars, and craft beer in Cape Cod. Yeah, and, and I'm pretty much in the same boat with you. I'm not a huge Cape Cod guy, mainly because I don't like the beach. I don't like swimming. Yeah, uh, I was. I was. I'm I w- a real pasty white guy, so that doesn't. Are you more lake life? Uh, no, more like I'll go. I'll go hiking somewhere, or, hiking or golfing, guy. or watch TV. You golf? Uh, uh, badly. But Terrific. Yes, well, I that's do. the only way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. As no a proud problem. resident of Hacker Nation, some of the finest golf yeah. courses around here: Green Harbor, Braintree, Way- uh, Weathervane. Got to get in nine sometimes. Oh, of course. I'm a big Ritter guy, too. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. So, but anyways, Dynasty. So, quickly, I, I know episodes three and four came out this week. We didn't talk at all each other with each other about episodes one and two. I thought episodes one and two were terrific. The only thing I quibbled with was the framing of that Rams regular season game in the first couple episodes that the Patriots lost. Other than that, like, mm-hmm. just in that they viewed it as this, like, moment of, oh, is it really Brit? Whereas I walked away from that game saying, wow, if they don't turn the ball over, they can beat anyone. And Antoine Smith's fumble, which was the biggest thing, you know, wasn't in there. Other than that, I thought the first two episodes were phenomenal. That behind-the-scenes footage of Brady and his apartment with Nugent, like, that stuff was all, even for someone that's seen about every Pats thing you can see, there was stuff in that, Fitzy, I don't know about you, that I, I had not seen before. Well, the reason why you hadn't seen it before, and this, to me, is what I'm here for with the Dynasty, what I appreciate about it, and as I'm wanting often to say on this radio station or anywhere else, I'm happy to be the lone inhabitant of Unpopular Take Island. There has been a lot of pushback a lot of grousing people in Pat's Nation, throughout the world, regionally, what have you, uh, with issues. This is a hatchet job by Kraft. They just wanted to spend 10 episodes to vilify Belichick. This isn't the way that this went. I They spent didn't spend enough time on this and that. And we can unpack a bunch of those things over the next uh, two segments as well or throughout the rest of the show. And if anyone wants to call in, go ahead. We're here for you. But um, to me, the joy in this series and what I'm what I'm absorbing and loving, two things. The testimonials, which I think from Scott Pioli, masterclass in storytelling. I mean, yeah. like his his agent should be telling Good Morning Football, NFL Network, and everyone like, oh, Scott's price just went up because I don't know if you saw my guy in the Dynasty, but he crushed it as He's a narrator. Been, I think he might be the best person so far, storytelling-wise oh, so far. Almost an emotional core of it as well. Uh, Brady, any doubts you have about Brady being able to be charismatic or a good speaker in the booth? Um and what he's been doing on Let's Go Podcast as well as how you see him here, I think a lot of those should be allayed. Uh, some people don't like Ernie Adams in this. They think he's a little arrogant or that he's coming across as slightly villainous. I don't care because, to me, uh, as far as the dynasty goes, it's Belichick, Brady, and Kraft. And then if you have to pick the first person next who was most responsible for so much of that success, it's Ernie Adams by a country mile. And the brain drain of coaches, coordinators, and special conciliaries that – were alongside Kraft and Belichick all those years that they lost, and you saw some of the game quality and the preparation taper off. It's Garnecki, sure, but it's also Ernie Adams. And he's massive in Episode 4, which we'll get to momentarily. Um, should the should the filmmaker Matthew Hamachek, author Jeff Benedict of the book and the writer of the series, um, yes, everyone, we're aware of the fact it's a Kraft Dynasty production. They didn't have final say. Yeah, it's an inside job. Yeah, Kraft. it's an inside job. Yeah. It's just, this is Robert Kraft's. It's uh, his Hall of Fame. It's his Hall of, that's it. Yeah, it's just, they wanted to pump Which up Bledsoe and make him feel better. There's an element of that. Sure, fine. I understand. Like, I get it. Kraft wants to, look, you can quibble. It's entertainment. Do you want team owners or not to be in the Hall of Fame? I, I, okay, but if they're going to be in there, like the guy that's won six Super Bowls, like, yeah, but, he probably should be but, in there. But also, Robert Kraft isn't just someone who owns a football team. Like, he 
Saved the football team from leaving the region, so he's responsible for that in the first place. I don't care where he got his money from or if people want to go back like, oh, he calls himself a self-made billionaire when, in fact, you know, he gets all the money from the Myra Krabs, Myra's family. and then I don't care. I don't care. He saved the football team. They built the new stadium. They worked together with Belichick and Brady. Uh, please. And also, like, negotiating TV rights, helping end the work stoppage that could have potentially happened. Yep. He had the famous hug between him and Jeff Saturday in 2011. He belongs in the Hall of Fame one day. That's just my opinion. I think it's the opinion of no, many I, others I would as agree well. with that, yeah. But as far as the first two episodes go, and just the whole thing on the, uh, the whole presentation of the dynasty, there's an entertainment factor at play that comes from the found footage because you get 35,000 hours, as I'm sure Matthew Hamachek told you and Jeff Benedict told us on the Six Rings podcast when we had him on two weeks ago. They had full access to all these home movies, cell phone videos, archives at One Patriot Place, and then... They went down to Mount Laurel, New Jersey, where NFL Films is, and they gave them full access. And you know how much that matters to the yeah. organization and how Belichick just geeks out about all things Sable. So when you see pudgy Tom Brady with a bowl cut hanging out by his flat screen TV calling himself the baddest man on the planet as he's going to go up in the attic and the Tech Mobile stories and everything, there's joy in that. Okay, did they kind of fudge the narrative a little bit in the 2001, like with the Rams game? Yeah. They should have portrayed that regionally we were all confident in the team. And Belichick said in the locker room after that game, we might see this team again. Very Martz who yeah. said that. Uh, but I think Belichick said that, uh, I read somewhere, like to his I team. Think they bo- I think may. they both said that. Yeah, but a very un-Belichick thing to say, but I think that showed the mentality of the team. Like, mm-hmm. hey, if we just clean this up these mistakes, we can hang with anybody. Two picks by Brady and a fumble by Antoine Smith between the one and the two yeah. down in the, in the red zone. Obviously, you can't have that. Those are the things that kind of turn the tides in that game. But Mike Martz as well, who's in the documentary, yep. and it's great to see. Good the, get by yeah, them. Great, great get. I love the fact that you get him, that you get Parcells. People are complaining yeah. too much time Stray for Parcells. Even, like, love get. that. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's so. I think it's so interesting that Mike Martz said to his team, like, that's a damn good football team. Don't be yep. surprised if we see them again. They did. And obviously, when Ricky Prohl famously said, tonight a dynasty is born, was the wrong team that he was speaking of. He was right. He was, he was right. He was right, yeah, actually. Prophetically right. so. Yeah, yeah. And Ricky Prohl, by the way, still the owner of the greatest, weirdest Super Bowl stat of I all know. time. The guy who catches a touchdown leading to two Adam Vinatieri kicks that win football games for the Patriots. Um, I think he's got no rings, too, right? Ricky no, Prohl. his son plays football guy. now, too. I think he's in the, uh, he US, he's in the uh, UFL. Yeah. But um, I'm here for – so they make the, those little narrative choices. Should they have gotten to Super Bowl thirty six by episode 2? Probably. They, it, it waits all the way to episode 3. Uh, I saw Matt Chatham yesterday on Twix, as I like to call it, the Twitter X platform now. Matt Chatham was saying, like, feels like a weird narrative choice to brush by the 2003-2004 season yeah. in just a couple of minutes and not really talk about where the Patriots were at the height of their powers on the first half yeah. of the double dynastic run. And I agree, and I'm sure they probably, yeah. if they had a chance to go back in and re-edit, would maybe trim up episode two and leave a little more room for that. But I think they felt like... And this is just their choice as the filmmakers. I think they felt like that wasn't as compelling, perhaps, as some of the other elements, which sell this on a national and a global level to a different audience. They're not making book reports. They're not making Pat's porn for us. They're not making Do Your Job Part Four. Um, they're telling a slight. They're telling it from a different yeah. perspective altogether. And when I talked to Matt Hamachek last week, you mentioned the book report term. He also said like. We've had man in the arena with Brady that yep. goes in depth in each season, so I, I I do get that, but and part of this is me as a Patriots fan, like I think the best Patriots team of the entire dynasty run was two thousand four, like mm-hmm. that team offensively, defensively, special. Oh, hell yeah, that might that team might have been better than 07, better than twenty fourteen. Like that's how good. Like Corey Dillon set the team rushing record, and Dion Branch, you know, was a Super Bowl MVP. That defense was elite. Like right. again, so but so my point being. Mm-hmm. That team should have gotten more time. And I think 03, because 01 was this, you burst onto the scene. It's the origin story, which I get. But don't you love all that Cleveland stuff? And don't you love seeing that Belichick was like run out of town and he screwed up the QB choice previously? So episode three was, I think, 39 or or 40 minutes long. You could have added 15 more minutes to that episode and told me about 03, 04. And the 21-game winning streak was not mentioned. Like, to me, that's what transfer. Like, this 01 season is a glaring omission. You're right. The 01 season is an amazing origin story. But we're not making a dynasty film if they don't win those next two. We're just, we're not making as, like, they should, and Rodney It was more than just, hey, we're rolling and we won some Super Bowls. Right. Like, and and I love that they highlighted the 05 and 06 playoff losses to start 
like uh, episode four before we get into you know Spygate. Mm-hmm. And like I get that that was good, but they spent as much time on those games as they did on two Super Bowls that you won. And also another uh, overlooked statistic from the two thousand three two thousand four season. You know their combined record in those years. I don't think thirty four and four. Thirty four yeah. and four. Yeah, I don't think any other team has come close to thirty-four and four. Yeah, and, over and, and a two season over two season run. And they started out two and two and oh three, and after that, they only lost two games the next two years. Like it's nuts. It's just ins- it, 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 yeah, it's it's absolutely. So yeah, and that's the thing. I just think that was and uh, talk about uh-huh. a personality like Corey Dillon's personality. Talking about that fitting in with the Patriot way, that would have been fascinating. He was just Jimmy down Moore, the stadium a few weeks yeah. ago as well, and he was the special halftime guest as well yep. as the pregame guest. And I had a chance to interview him twice that day. And let me tell you. He could tell you. I I, I wish they would. Now yeah. you got me going on how like, how they wish they did spend more time on that because what a personality on that guy. And he will be the one to. T- his the, he's the guy they focus on Moss a lot in episode yep. four is the salvation aspect, and then obviously the FU tour that they went on. But Corey Dillon can articulate how much it meant to be in football hell and be rescued by the Patriots. He's the ultimate reclamation project yeah. of talent wasted elsewhere turned into championship caliber play. And he's. One of the best acquisitions they outside organization acquisitions they made the entire run. I mean, he came in and set the team rushing record on their best Super Bowl team, in my opinion, their best Super Bowl team. So he's one of, I mean, you know, you can put Revis, Gilmore, Moss, all those guys there too. Moss, well, but, it's a, it's yeah, a fun power but, ranking. Yeah. Moss, Welker, Dylan. Yeah. yeah. So, but he's in that conversation. And I think they just should have spent more time. And also, too, like they could have highlighted like the Brady Manning thing, where Brady, like Peyton Manning's really not part of this. And that was a huge thing back then. Like Peyton Manning was the guy, you know, a future Hall of Famer even at a young age, but Brady and Belichick kept beating him. And they beat him in 03 in the AFC Championship game. They shut the Colts' offense down in 04 in the divisional round. Like, that's, and again, you're right in that yep. as a net, like, they're not making this for me and you. They're making it for the guy in Oregon who wants to, you know, see a documentary about the Patriots. And there's all this other things around them I get. But I think, again, they, mm-hmm. they should have spent another. 15 minutes. Like, that's all I'm asking. I'm not asking a whole episode, just 15 more minutes at the end of episode three on that. So maybe what you do is, so if we go back in and they give us all 10 episodes and they give us the ancillary footage as well and all supporting materials, go back in, have the Patriots win Super Bowl 36 by the end of episode two and have that begin with Belichick and the great question of the quarterbacks in Cleveland and have him get the quarterback question right this time, facing the scrutiny he did in New England, and then they win the Super Bowl. Then you spend episode three building towards the dynasty, faltering thanks to Tara Reid and some weird issues in 2002, and then becoming a wagon in 03 and 04. And then you set up everything, at, like you were mentioning, with a slightly longer episode, faltering in 05 and 06, and then setting up why they wanted to get after it in 2007. And I, I've also heard from people, from a lot of fans, that they don't think that Spygate should have gotten its own whole episode. Or I, I, you know what? So the here's 07 my season. Thing. Enough can never be said to me about that season. Yeah, if you want to know one thing about the 07 season, that was when ESPN at the bottom of the screen started putting individual teams in their bottom line and not just NBA, NFL, MLB. That was the first. That's how big that story was. There was people tracking just the Patriots that year. And, and it also spoke to, again, like Nico, I think we have the cut of Scott Pioli talking about how the winning overtook everything around the like in 01 it was an amazing story right and then the goal of winning overtook everything i think nico do we have scott pioli it's difficult to explain to people sometimes but this game is like a narcotic when you have success every time you get a little bit you want a little bit more the highest highs that you feel each time that you win you're chasing that forever there was this group of us <laughs> that that became addicts together and we were actually enabling one another some of us know it some of us don't some don't care as time goes by your relationship with the drug it, it changes after winning instead of euphoria it's just a relief and when you lost it was it was dark you would do anything and everything to stop the fear of losing anything and everything anything like anything and everything and uh, the reason so good that's so that's so good yeah that is such a great clip and that word relief stood out to me because if you watch man in the arena which of course you and i did but man in the arena when brady talked about the 2003 super bowl he used that word relief he's like Mm -hmm. i was really happy after we won super bowl 36 the first one i felt a little more relieved 
when we won Super Bowl thirty eight. Like it's a little bit and part and not that he wasn't. I would joyous. almost thought he would have thought, felt more but, relieved after thirty nine because thirty eight yeah. should have been such exultation that they could get back to it and then face a team that was boasting about how that they were going to run roughshod on them because they had Russ Hoekstein and other yeah. slubs on the line. And I think that's one of Brady's five best games. I thought Charlie Weiss called a master class offensively. They had their defensive breakdowns as well yeah. in that game. But ultimately Brady threw an end zone interception. And by the way, thank you, Texter in the four one three. Ricky Prohl has two rings. Good. All right. Well, I'm happy. Got one for, him. for the Rams and must have got. Well, maybe they're two uh, like an, two NFC championship rings. Oh uh, no, he was on the team the year before when they won. Uh, was he? I think Ricky Prohl was, was on, on the, the greatest show on turf. Okay, good. The great ending with Mike Jones. Okay, at, good. At All right. I, 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 again, I feel bad for the guy. Um, but yeah, like when like, and that's the thing. Spygate having its whole episode, like the two thousand seven Patriots, were a story. Almost on the same level as the entire first three Super Bowl teams, just nationally, internationally. And look, I don't know how you personally feel about Spygate. I think it was a stupid thing for them to do, but it got blown way out of proportion because a lot of people don't like the Patriots and don't like Bill Belichick, but still a stupid thing for them to do. But then when they follow it up by blowing out every team in the NFL and going 16-0, and like that took that season, but I also think that took the Patriots to another level nationally and internationally as a brand and as a story. A hundred, 110%. And Spygate, by and large, they hadn't done anything wrong up to that point. In fact, while they had been taping games as well, and there's footage of Herm Edwards at one point, I think in the 04 or 05, yeah. 05 or 06 season before Mangini took over. I'm sorry if I'm getting my timelines crossed. There's foot, there is footage, I've seen it before, where Herm Edwards locates the Patriots camera, the Belichick signal camera, and starts making funny faces at yeah. him. Like, they knew. Everybody yeah. knew. And I think Bill Cowher on NFL Today, like, admitted that the Steelers did the same thing for um, a while. If you like, check that famous website, now, the uh, I think it was the Wells Reporting Context was a craft website, and that's we're getting ahead of ourselves into Deflategate, but... As far as Spygate goes, there was that there's that website, yourteamcheats.com. Yes. The Jets were busted for taping signals in the fall of 2006. Yeah. So this is nothing new. All teams were doing it. The problem is, John, and this is where, as you see in the episode, so much changes. Belichick becomes... He changed even, with he that, too. He changed completely. It was, I'm giving you nothing the rest of the way. I'm going to lock myself off. I will become the Mad King in the castle, and we will pour hot oil and shoot flaming arrows at the rest of you until we have ravaged and burned this land, and then we will salt your earth on top of that. And we loved it because yep, everyone told I us, did. you cheated, you suck, whatever. Like, but that's when we fell in love with Brady, that we couldn't get enough of this offense and the 50 touchdowns. So I understand... The, the lack of humility uh, perceived by some, the hubris, the arrogance. But it's, it's, it was all basically a memo. And I had someone explain to me, I think we overlooked this for a long time, that basically the reason why the Patriots thought it was garbage and the way Belichick, who's very pedantic in his interpretations of things, the way Belichick interpreted it was, this is a memo. The league has sent out a memo saying, you know, don't do this or you should only be able to do it a certain way. But it's not a rule. A rule has to be voted on by all 32 teams and be passed by a majority, I believe, uh, of teams to be able to actually become an NFL rule. So, therefore, he didn't necessarily think he was doing anything wrong. Why were they punished for this memo that Armin Kintayan, uh, who does the interview with, uh, in the in yeah. the Spygate episode and is a good friend of Jeff Benedict and wrote the Tiger Woods book with him, he reads the memo, which the Patriots were basically crucified for, but they should never have had their feet held to the fire to such a degree. Why did they pursue this? Because everybody was so jealous that in a day and age where there's a salary cap and you're supposed to have unilaterally good play and people should never win multiple Super Bowls, let alone several in a row, the hatred and jealousy of the Patriots was building to such a fever pitch that the rest of the owners wanted Goodell to do something about it. The second they had an in, they jumped on it and they blew this way out of proportion. Yeah, and it's, look, it was a stupid thing for them to do. But if the Patriots, here, here's the key, Fitch. if the Patriots sucked, it would not have been a story. Nope. That's the because you mentioned the Jets, other team, and I'm not excusing them for doing it, but if they had sucked, it would not have. Been, it's a very easy line to look at, and part of it is you mentioned the jealousy. I think part of it is Belichick is not universally well liked by a lot of people around the league. That comes into the play as well. So that episode to me, I think, was necessary. Like I have no problem with that episode. I wish it had a different ending, of course, Fitzy. But Spy, I have Spygate. No, that season. You know, oh, that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. But how many times? And they show the freaking pass that Brady threw to Moss 
three they or didn't four show times. the Asante Samuel dropped interception though. Isn't that they funny? Left that out. Huh? Isn't, isn't that yeah. funny? Or, or Asante Samuel was supposed to be covering David Tyree on the helmet catch play and drifted off. There's some nice all twenty two footage of that. But oh, yeah. gee whiz, yeah. did he really? Yeah, I actually once did a podcast with Asante Samuel and he was very kind. So I'm not trying to, you know. Okay. Please don't angrily email me, but. <laughs> Don't at like, me, bro. Yeah, yeah. Please don't. So yeah, that's got to be John Twitter. Lyons' new side pot here in the Odyssey Network. Yeah. Don't at me, bro. Hey, tell Ken. I'll, I'll do it. But that, to me, like, I think it was necessary to have that episode, and I thought it was an awesome episode. My only quibble was, again, episode. give me more about Super Bowl 38 and 39, mm-hmm. and I would have kept, like, having Strahan on, the Moss stuff, like, all that was awesome. And even Josh McDaniels at the beginning talking about how we felt – we needed one more player on offense that could really explode things and, and take the top off and be an alpha, and that's how they got mo- after that 06 AFC championship game that they lost 38-34. Tail end of the show today, folks, we'll have a chance to talk about a recently retired Patriot and why we think he may or may not make his way not just to the Patriots Hall of Fame but to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton. And maybe we can also put in a little more talk about some other Patriots and other contributors yeah. to the double dynastic run who should deserve or may merit ultimate long-term yellow jacket and bronzing consideration because uh, I still hate to this day the fact that Wes Welker's contributions in those six years where he was an unstoppable reception and first down machine are overlooked because of one play that kind of gets glossed over as well. um, Or Logan Mankins too because he never won a Super Bowl, guys, uh, like that. Been a fun first uh, 40 minutes or so, Fitzy, with you on WEEI, and uh, we got... More Patriots talk, of course, coming up next, right after this break. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Back to Bitsy and Lions on WEEI. Each week, Bill wanted to take the juggler. Touchdown! I appreciate his killer instinct. I know I'm a bad mother too now. That was the straight cash homie himself, Randy Moss, one of the featured players, I dare say almost like the focal point or the character who stands out the best in episode four of the Dynasty, episodes three and four of the Apple Plus TV docuseries, The Dynasty, released on Friday. We have been discussing them here on the Fitzy and Lions program on Boston Sports Original, 93.7 FM. W-E-E-I, WEEI.com, and on the Odyssey app. If you've missed any of the program thus far, John and I talked some Celtics. Got into the dynasty, some of our editorial quibbles, if you will. Also trying to relay some of the feedback that I've received on social media. Uh, apparently my DMs on Instagram and Twitter have turned into the complaint line for the dynasty over the past couple weeks because we've had Customer Jeff Bennett. Service, Fitzy. I, honestly, I'm doing, just because, you know, because I'm the joker on the Jumbotron and the Patriots honking residence here at EEI, apparently if anyone has any quibbles or issues and complaints about the the Dynasty Series and the organization, we always come to the customer service line, 1-800-FITZY-GFY. And that's fine. I'm here for it. So is my guy, John Lyons, here. Uh, we come in with the Randy Moss line right there because... Um, I had heard that Moss was magnetic in the episode. We have obviously loved him anytime we see him in media, social bits on ESPN. But he crushes it in this show. And it just made me, again, one of the other takeaways from all of this. You know, you wish Welker won a ring. You mentioned before we went to break, John, that you wish Logan Mankins had a ring. My intense desire for Randy Moss to be validated for the greatest season a wide receiver, an offensive player that's not a quarterback, has ever had in the NFL to be rewarded. Like, if Gronk never got a ring after the 2011 season that would still that ember would still be burning a fire in the pit of our stomach and our sports soul to date 
Randy, but he's got three, four, actually. He won someone somewhere else with creamsicle and pewter. I don't really count that one. Uh, three and a half. <laughs> three and a half. Well, fine. Yeah. We'll give him three and a half. And I would put Junior Seau in that category, too. Yeah. Like, he never won a ring. Oh. Like, these are two all-time all time greats. Do you remember how close he was to stopping Brandon Jacobs on fourth and one from, right. like, the 25? Like, Seau just missed. And also, something they wouldn't be able to focus on, uh, that Randy Moss famously did another something that makes me love him so much and wish he had a ring. Did you hear stories for years? So Dean Pease was the defensive coordinator on the 07 team, and he calls the zero blitz once they finally get down yep. to, like, uh, Steve Ellis Smith Hobbs catches a bit. Steve, someone allowed, probably Asante Samuel, Steve Smith to make a third and 12 conversion yep. and get them into that red zone. And he calls the zero blitz, leaving an injured Ellis Hobbs, who has a foot difference in height on Plaxico Burris, wide right, Easiest touchdown Eli Manning probably ever threw in his entire life. I had heard Bruski and Seau hated the call and tried to whistle it off, and they couldn't call a timeout in time to actually go over and argue their case. Like, don't do that. We can keep them out of the end zone, but we can't run a zero yeah. blitz. We're just we're it's not gonna it's not gonna work. And so Moss for years used to yell at Dean Pease in practice before Dean Pease left and went to the Ravens. Uh, things like, oh, is that going to work out as well as your final call in Super Bowl Forty Two? Like, he trolled him ad nauseum for making that call. Just another one of those little things that if this was more, like you said, uh, the director had said, like, book reportish or do your job part four or uh, fans in the arena, dynasty style, yeah. we probably would have heard. Yeah, and that's, like, when you look at that season, I'm most disappointed, obviously, that they didn't win the Super Bowl and they didn't go 19-0. But like I look at guys like Moss, Seau, Welker, Mankins, guys that are Hall of Fame players, Hall of Fame level players that never got a ring in their career and I think are never going to be appreciated for as much. Like, look at Moss, like the 98 Vikings, he can't control that a guy missed a kick in the NFC Gary Championship. Gary Anderson misses like a 35-yard like, exactly, kick. Exactly. Like he, can't, like, he can't control the OSA, the two best, arguably, Fitzy, two of the top three or four offenses in NFL history, the 98 Vikings, what did they have in common? Randy Moss. Yeah. Like real like there those Rookie are two, Moss and Revitalized Moss. Like those are two of the top 5 offenses in the history of the NFL. You probably put 07 number 1, especially now cuz I know some of the numbers in recent years have been higher, but we also play an extra game now. So like that's the thing about 07 that eats away at me too is like guys like that that had great careers, Hall of Fame careers, but never quite got the appreciation maybe they deserved because they didn't win a championship. So Rich Keefe and I have established um, a little thing on the nighttime program here called Club Marino. And Club Marino is where people like Dan Marino, um, Calvin Johnson, Randy Moss, Wes Welker, Junior Seau, uh, and many others, legends in their respective sports, no, uh, Nomar Garciaparra, people that have Hall of Fame-worthy careers but never win a championship. Yep. And I think Randy Moss's uh, status in Club Marino, if you will, is only enhanced by what you see. Not only just the uh, the how dominant he was, which we all still remember, but the fact that he bought in and that in this footage. And again, folks, if you don't want to watch the dynasty because a friend has told you it's a Robert Kraft hagiography uh, and, a, and a, a way for him to try to spend 10 hours of premium streaming TV punching his ticket to the Hall of Fame, fine. If people have told you that it basically just sets up Bill Belichick to take the fall for why the dynasty fell apart or Tom Brady left town, and if that's the narrative you want to pursue or buy into, that's fine as well. I'm enjoying the found footage. I'm enjoying the testimonials. It is entertainment ultimately. Yes, they have made a few historical flubs along the way, and there are some editorial choices that fans don't like, but ultimately it's not going to prevent me from appreciating what went into building this incredible dynasty, John, but also the personalities along the way. Let's get a quick call while, we, uh, while we're here, John. Uh, Nico, if you could take line one, Bob is in Londonbury, wants to talk about the level of play in the NFL and the dynasty. Hello, Bob. 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 Is he there, Nico? No, Bob. He's on. He might have left. Oh, oh Bob. Bob. Oh, Bob. Sorry. Right. Thanks. Thanks anyway, Bob. Appreciate, appreciate you wanting to call in, Bob. Bob. Um, any other final takeaways from the first four episodes, uh, things that they chose to do, people who stood out. You obviously said that you wish, and I agree with you, that they spent a little more time on 03 and 04, building to that 34-4 and 4 double Super Bowl team. Uh, anything, any other final sort of Yeah, takeaways? so outside of that, 
in the Rams thing, I, I give it an A. I mean, I think it's been really enjoyable, the quality of people they've gotten. I mean, think of, they interviewed the surgeon that operated on Drew Bledsoe. That's like, great. what a find. Yeah. Like, that's a, they interviewed the police officer that was working security for the Jets that got the Spygate camera. Like, what a find that is. Like, that. that's what impresses me most. So, like, I do think it was a mistake to not include more about 03 and 04 and not mention the 21-game winning streak in the way that Rams' loss in the 01 season was portrayed. But other than that, like overall, through the four episodes, like I give it an A. I've been really entertained. I would like more. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm looking forward to. And I know we'll talk about this maybe a little bit later, but I'm looking forward to the next two and how they get from you know this 07 loss back to you know a second half of the dynasty. Let me just sort of tease out because John and I have been privy to being able to watch uh, certain episodes ahead of the game because Apple was kind yeah. enough to share a screener with us. <laughs> Brag. Um, yeah, I got the early access. I, yeah, I, you know, the thing is, the difficult, you know what it's like? It's it's, actually, sort of, yeah. it's, it's hard. If I open a box of Cheez-Its or if somebody gives me a large popcorn in the movie theater, it doesn't last until yeah. the end of the movie. Usually by the start of the second act of the movie by, or by the end of the second good action scene, that popcorn's already done. I'm having the hardest time trying to not get too far ahead of where the fans are and doling this out to myself accordingly as well. I did watch episodes five and six. And I just want to say, your mm, the the wish for the 08 season to yeah. to go differently and have that team make the playoffs will only intensify. I know they had a hard time earlier in that year against teams with winning records, but the steam and the momentum that team built up, and they were two. They weren't just one Brett Favre bed crapping at the end of the season away from making the playoffs, jackass. Um, but they were also like two bad plays away from actually having a top seed and being able to host a playoff game that year. So that kills me. And then just get ready for the gut, no, not gut punch, the soul punch of episode six when they cover the Hernandez thing. And I think Robert Kraft delivers an emotional ending to that that, well, I'll be anxious to hear from you Patriots fans about that. John Lyons here with your old pal Nick Fitzy Stevens on a beautiful WEI Sports Sunday. 617-779-7937. There's your telephone number. When we come back, we take your calls on the Dynasty. And I want to get some of John Lyons from the New England Football Journal. He's got a beautiful, beautiful football mind. I'd like to hear who he would like to see the New England Patriots pursue in free agency and the draft, which is just two short months away. Jen McCaffrey from The Athletic, 1220 from spring training with the Red Sox. What a time to be live. Fitzy and Lions on EEI. <sighs> spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.